On the show today, Rich and I discuss the essential kitchen gadgets you must have and why you should drink a Hemingway daiquiri. I'm your host, Brad Jackson, and you're listening to the August 22nd, 2022 edition of Coffee and Koshan. Uh, so, Rich, life happens, and <laughs> over the last few weeks, uh, I had COVID, and um, so uh, we took a little break. Uh, but we're back now, and uh, I want to do this show. I've been wanting to do this show for a little while. I think it's going to be fun. Um, everyone has gadgets in their kitchen, things they rely on constantly. Um, and, Jesus, if you go to, like, the aisles at Target or Walmart or if you go to Williams-Sonoma, their entire, like, stores based on, like, stuff you need for your kitchen, right? But... A lot of it's junk, but there are several things that you need in a kitchen that you and I have found are just fantastic that just make your life so much easier. And these are the essential kitchen gadgets we think you need. So let's start with one that I uh, turned you on to, um, an egg timer. So um, you, you maybe if uh, you've uh, been around your grandmother, maybe she had an egg timer where it was like, 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 a little, like a little timer that you would turn and it would tick, 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 tick. But we have one that's even better. So it's a little thing that looks like half an egg and you put it in the water with the eggs when you start them. And then it tells you, it has like, it gets darker as uh, the eggs cook and tells you, okay, this is a soft boiled egg. This is a medium boiled egg. This is a hard boiled egg. And then if you pull it right away, drop it in some ice, it's done. And you can make the perfect, and I mean perfect, soft-boiled eggs this way. And uh, it's something I use, like, if I make ramen at home, that egg timer, boom, that is, like, perfect for me. I love that thing. And if you're making if you're making hard-boiled eggs for deviled eggs or something, you know, like, sometimes you can, you can really easily overdo it. And then the eggs get, like, they turn a little green, you know, like the yellow turns a little green, and it's just not as good. And it doesn't look as good, doesn't taste as good. So this is something that I think is just super key. So it's funny that you mentioned ramen. I actually haven't used the timer myself yet. And the way this conversation went was, uh, well, now I don't exactly remember, but we were talking about different dishes and one was involving a soft boiled egg. And I, I pointed out that it was my nemesis and I've tried all these techniques I found online using the instant pot, using a regular pot of boiling water and Usually what ended up happening was I either ended up overcooking them or more often undercooking them. And an undercooked soft boiled egg is, it's just a mess. It's terrible. It is. It's just gross. And so I haven't used the egg timer myself yet. I haven't used the egg perfect, but my middle daughter scout who loves ramen has been using this thing constantly because it produces <laughs> perfect, soft, and medium-boiled eggs. It really does. And it's so funny because it's a little thing. It's, it, I mean, it's not bigger than, you know, I, I don't know, uh, a, a, a little egg, like a, um, like a quail egg almost. Like it's like a quail egg size. And it's, it's not like, like technical. It doesn't link to your phone. It doesn't do anything fancy like some of these other gadgets do. But... It's simple and it makes perfect eggs, and I'm glad that Scout is finding it useful because I love that. It it is when I moved, <laughs> uh, 
when I moved uh, last year, one of the first things I unpacked, I was like, okay, now, now I got to find my egg timer. I got my, all right, now I got my egg timer. Uh, you know, because I got to know like what drawer that goes in because I use that all the damn time. It is one of my favorite things. Um, okay, let's go to another one because uh, this is also handy. This is something um, that I found, uh, I guess it was like two years ago. Um, and I originally got it for Thanksgiving because uh, my brother had moved to a new house and uh, he was, we were using an oven that had literally never been used before. And I was concerned that, you know, this was going to dry out the turkey. And, you know, you, you don't want to have dry turkey on Thanksgiving. So I was looking like, okay, well, what sort of thermometer can I get that allows me to do other things throughout the kitchen uh, because I do a lot of the cooking on Thanksgiving um, and still keep an eye on the bird and know that the damn thing's not going to dry out. And I came across meter. And this is a little thing. It is essentially a USB thermometer, and it just looks like a regular thermometer. And uh, it has a little charging case. You leave it in when you're not using it. And uh, you stick it into any meat, turkey, beef, pork, whatever. And uh, it links to your phone. And it will tell you the ambient temperature of whatever your cooking vessel is, your oven, your grill, what have you. It will tell you the cooking. uh, It will tell you the temperature of your meat. And it will tell you how long until you get from now until done. And you used it just this weekend to make pork shoulder, right? I am actually using it right now. Uh, Next to my computer, I have my phone (laughs) with the meter app running. I'm smoking a pork shoulder and I hit a little bit of the stall, which is anyone who smokes yep. meat knows yep. you hit that point where the humidity and whatnot, your your meat stalls. And I could have gone for the Texas clutch, which is wrapping uh, your, your shoulder, your uh, brisket, whatever it in two uh, layers of aluminum foil with a little liquid. And that will push you back past the stall. I opted not to do that because the stall is beneficial because we had scheduled to uh, record right now. <laughs> so I was like, okay, I don't need to speed this up. It, it'll actually be good. But I, I recently discovered the meter, I think via, you know, a, a chef on Instagram. And I mentioned it. You're like, oh, I've been using it. It's fantastic. And the reason you said that is because it is fantastic. I'm it's, telling you, it's just great. And it it helps because I think there's a tendency today, even amongst those of us who cook frequently, to overcook things because yes. we've had the threat of salmonella and whatnot just beaten into us. So, for example, I made your recipe for beer can chicken last month. And it came out fantastic because I pulled the bird off when it should have been pulled off rather than cooking it to oblivion because I was nervous about making sure it was under uh, not underdone. Yeah, so. and that's the trick. With chicken, it is a lifesaver because like you said, like we just grew up in the air where they're like, you, you, you can't undercook it or you'll get salmonella. You can't undercook it or you'll get salmonella. Like, it, it's it's just ingrained in you. And so particularly with chicken, you're just afraid of uh, undercooking it, so you end up usually overcooking it. And beer can chicken is a perfect example where this meter thing is just a freaking lifesaver. Because it – and the great thing is, um, and I found this out when I was doing the turkey, it also considers, like, carryover heat. So it says, like, pull the bird now if you want it done here 
or let it sit two more minutes if you want to go here. Like, it's just, it's so smart. It it uh, links straight to your phone. You can go around and do a whole bunch of other stuff. Um, it just makes your life so much easier. Um, I, I have considered you can get a multimeter pack. And I don't know if you've seen that one, but you can get multiple meters that you can link to your phone, which I've considered for when I do whole hog, because that's obviously a very tricky thing to do. It takes hours upon hours upon hours. Um, but you have to have at least two thermometers because you have to have one in the front of the pig and one in the back of the pig. Um, so I, I'm, con- I'm considering doing that next, getting myself a second one and, and linking, it, <laughs> linking it to my phone so that I can do, uh, do this with a whole hog. But I tell you, if, if you are listening to this right now and you're like, oh, man, like cooking stuff, particularly if you're cooking stuff on a smoker, you're doing, um, uh, you know, Thanksgiving's not far around the corner. If you want to be sure that you get it right, grab yourself a meter. It is a lifesaver. Right, Rich? Right. But I do have one word of warning for those of you who, being like me, uh, you're probably of the male persuasion. Uh, If you don't read the instructions, all of the instructions, as I did not, there are limits on how much heat the meter can handle. That's true. I was cooking a reverse searing, a big cowboy ribeye last month. And so I got it to the temperature I wanted before I threw it directly over the flame to sear it off. And uh, I quickly got a very loud alarm sound from my phone as the meter was like, holy hell, this is not, I'm not made for this. Stop. So <laughs> That's true. You can get it too hot. That is a good point. So it was fine. I cleaned it. It's, it's still working. I'm using the same one right now, but be cautious when throwing over direct flame. But it's interesting, though, because, I mean, you and I both live in the South. Uh, we live in places where barbecue is is common, right? I mean, I'm in Texas. You're in Arkansas. Like, everybody's, everybody's barbecuing something on the weekend, right? Yes. And this is the perfect tool for everyone in our region. It's like it, you just got to have this because it, uh, it makes smoking things for long amounts of time so much easier you don't have that oh, oh is it done is it done uh, 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 should i pull it should i let it sit long none of that because you just look at your phone and you go nope i got 22 more minutes guys 22 more minutes and it just it makes it so much easier if you're doing a brisket if you're doing a pork shoulder like rich or if you're doing uh, a bunch of beer can chickens for a party you, you gotta have this it's 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 absolutely the best um uh, okay, we got two more. Uh, one, I want to I want to bring up that uh, no chef uh, in the kitchen can do anything without a quality knife. And I'll tell you, as someone who has a million knives, you don't need a million knives. You need one really good knife that's really fucking sharp, like sharp enough, sharp enough to cut your finger off if you if you uh, go astray. You want it to be really sharp. And uh, if you get a good chef's knife, you spend some good money on a decent chef's knife, you're in good shape. And, and you don't need to go, I'm not saying you need to spend like, you know, $600 on a knife. Uh, get yourself like a solid like Shoon 6 or maybe an 8 inch uh, if you're a little more brave. Something like that will get you through just about anything. And if you keep it really sharp, it's perfect. A good knife is indispensable. And 
it's one of those areas where I think aspiring chefs kind of miss out and you don't need, like you said, a whole arsenal unless you're a professional chef, but you do need a couple of good knives and a good knife. And I'm forgetting the brand. My sister got us one a couple of years ago. That's a, just a really quality chef's knife. But then also uh, don't be afraid to add in some other things like a, a solid like cleaver or a big knife for when you are breaking down of that turkey sure. or that chicken. And then also one that I would add uh, is a Japanese vegetable knife. Uh, it's actually a rectangle as opposed to having a pointed end. Uh, you can get different brands. But it's a more delicate knife, uh, and it's one, like I said, you want to kind of limit to vegetables, although you can also make sushi with it. But it's a little, because of its size, because it's delicate, it's a little thinner. And, you know, if you're chopping onions or whatever, it makes such beautiful work of the process, yields great results, and you'll wonder how you ever functioned in the kitchen before you had it. Okay, so the last uh, gadget is something that we both have. Um, Probably something that everybody has listening, but this is how we up your game here. So everybody who's listening has a shaker, probably. Because if you're you're making cocktails, you got to have a shaker. But what you probably have is a thin aluminum uh, or stainless steel shaker or something that that someone bought you, and uh, it comes apart in like three pieces. And uh, the longer you shake it, the more frozen your hands get. And uh, sometime when you're shaking some, something uh, really vigorously, uh, it'll just fall apart on you and spill all over the place and you start from scratch. But, but Rich and I have the shaker for you, Rich. The Elevated Craft Cocktail Shaker, which I hate how much I love it because <laughs> maybe 15 years ago I had this notion, why don't cocktail shakers have a screw-off lid as opposed to the one that either doesn't stay affixed enough and starts leaking or gets completely frozen and yep. you have to pry it off. So the elevated craft shaker, it, it, it was designed and I want to say it was launched via crowdfunding. So this guy was like, Hey, I've got this idea. All these people were like, yes, I've been waiting for a cocktail shaker with a screw off lid and I am going to fund your business. And that could have been mine, but instead I will just <laughs> use the fruits of his labor. But it really is great because <laughs> if you're making something, particularly something that requires uh, a long shake, a long vigorous shake, if you're doing that with a cheap shaker, your hands are frozen. And sometimes by the time you're done, the shaker's frozen. And then you're like, yeah. Um, but this shaker just, it, that can handle, it can handle anything, just absolutely anything. And it never makes a mess. That's my favorite thing about it. Like when you use this shaker, it's the cleanest shaker ever. You rinse it out, you put it on the side of the bar, you're done. <laughs> yes. It's, you know, double insulated. You can't put it in the dishwasher, but, you know, it doesn't take a lot of work because you're making cocktails, but it it doesn't get your hand cold. It doesn't freeze. It doesn't stick. It's got integrated measurements in the lid, so you don't have to get out a separate tool for that. So it is one to, like Brad said, up your game. It really is. And, okay, so now we're going to talk about, because we just talked about Shaker, um, and because we are both uh, uh, good drinkers, uh, we are going to talk about what you should use this shaker to make. Rich? 
So for this week, I went with a Hemingway, Hemingway daiquiri, which is a somewhat apocryphal drink. Uh, the, the story is that Ernest Hemingway ducked into, what is it, La, uh, El Floridita bar, which was not far from the hotel he was staying at in the 1930s. And the bartender was making daiquiris. And Hemingway said, well, you know, I like this, but with twice the rum and none of the sugar. So if you look at that, it's basically like just a horrible mixture of white rum and lime juice. Not even a, uh, oh, what's the, not even a, a lemon drop shooter. And so the likely original, uh, assuming that story is true, would not be a drink I would recommend. But over time, it has evolved while keeping the name. And so now to make a Hemingway daiquiri, you you take your elevated craft uh, shaker, you measure out two ounces of rum, a half ounce of maraschino liqueur. Now we've discussed this maraschino liqueur before. Make sure you get actual maraschino liqueur. This is not the sugary substance that comes in a jar of maraschino cherries. It has more of a nutty almond flavor. It's not overly sweet. You also add a three quarters ounce of fresh squeezed lime juice and a half ounce of fresh squeezed grapefruit juice. You shake that all up and then you put it in a chilled glass and it is delicious. Let go of anything that you think of when you hear the word daiquiri and look back to more of a classic cocktail where you've got this lovely balance of the the, the liquor plus the liqueur. Then you've got the sour. You've got the uh, a little bit of sweet with the grapefruit. And it's very well balanced. It's dangerously drinkable. And it is one that I recommend everyone try before the hot weather leaves us. See, there you go. So now another episode of Coffee and Koshan. You got yourself a good uh, list of essential tools for your kitchen and a drink that you can use that one of those essential tools to make. So, I mean, that's 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 all you need in life, right? Right. And you could even use it, uh, use a couple of them at the same time. You can have your meter going, monitoring <laughs> your cook while that's you're right. using your elevated craft shaker to make a drink to enjoy while you continue cooking. And you used your knife to cut the lemons and yes. limes and, or the, the uh, grapefruit for the drink. And yes. you're good to go. I mean, yes. there you go. All right, Rich. Thanks a bunch. Hey, thank you, Brad.